0: Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, aka Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life, complete with financial freedom, laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Back. now here is crystal richardson
1: good morning everyone and welcome to soaring with eagles today we have a very very today about someone who has actually soared beyond the earth to the moon and so we are here with scott parazinski and uh, he uh, is going to uh, tell us some very, very interesting, wonderful stories. I'm sure uh, related to his adventures. So, Scott, can you say hi to everyone?
2: Hello, everybody. It's great to be with you, Crystal. I'm excited to to join you today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great uh, meeting you just uh, a few months ago, and. And um, having some conversations about our books, and just you know what you're doing in life now, and, and what I'm doing. So it's such an honor to have you here. So thank you so much.
2: Oh, thanks. No, the honors mine, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a fun uh, uh, world to be in, and uh, yeah, to be an author, I, I, I um, it was really uh, an extraordinary experience. It looks like you've you've published uh, many books. Uh, I've just done the one, and I think that's the only one I'll ever do.
1: It's <laughs> so much work. <laughs> it, it, it is. And your book uh, was very interesting. I made it through most of it, not all of it. So we're going to be talking about some of the, some of that today. And um, just give people just a general overview about your background. Like, you know, you, you've you done a lot related to being an astronaut, but that's not the, the, the complete view of who Scott is. So can you go ahead and give an overview?
2: Sure, I'll try. Uh, yeah, so... I've been very fortunate in life. I had uh, wonderful, supportive parents and uh, very adventurous parents. So that led uh, me to have some really interesting windows on the world. My dad worked on the Apollo program when I was very young. So I'd, I was really fascinated with space. So that kind of led uh, one way or another to me becoming an astronaut one day. But mm-hmm. I also lived in some really extraordinary places. I lived in Dakar, Senegal in West Africa as right. a kid. I lived in Beirut, Lebanon, uh, Tehran, Iran, and also Athens, Greece, where I graduated from high school. So mm-hmm. I just had this curiosity about the world around me. And, uh, and uh, when I went to college uh, at Stanford, I wanted to pursue medicine, so I became a, a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but also in the back of my mind, I, I wanted to become an astronaut. And an entrepreneur, and so things one one way or another have, have led into some, you know, wonderful opportunities. I I flew mm-hmm. in space on on five occasions and did seven spacewalks, and um, wow. I'm also an inventor and a climber, and uh, just I'm just uh, really passionate about um, making a difference in the world. So um, I don't I don't watch much TV. I like to you know keep moving and, and keep challenging myself and uh, right. So, that, that in a nutshell, I guess is, is who I am. I'm also a, a husband and a dad, and uh, you know, very proud of my kids, including my daughter Jenna, who is uh, autistic, but has uh, just been a real uh, joy uh, to everyone that she's around. She's just this you know wonderful soul, and so you know, mm-hmm. she's a, a big focus in my life as well.
1: Wow. That, that's awesome. That's amazing. And uh, it, it, it's fun because a, a number of people that I interview uh, basically say some of the same things that you have, including myself, like not watching much TV, like we're all about doing, we're doers and yep. inventing and creating. And, and and that's what I like about this show, Soaring with Eagles. that um, you know, I've been able to interview some really, really cool people, and you're the one that has traveled the furthest. It's so hilarious in your bio that you said that you, you don't have any frequent flyer miles or anything related to how far you, you've gone.
2: <laughs> I, I would be like uh, global services, elite, whatever, <laughs> for every airline in the world if, if I could capitalize on those 23 million miles. But nope, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the back with everybody else.
0: Right,
1: right. Wow. Okay, so there's a number of people who have submitted questions on Facebook. Uh, There's, um, I don't know if we have like maybe 20 or so questions. And then plus, I had my own set of questions for you. But um, the very first one, obviously, is just one that people ask a lot. Uh, We're going to on the astronaut part, and we are focused on some other areas of your life. But what inspired you to become an astronaut?
2: I, I think it, it, when I was a kid, uh, I'm a, a lot older than you, I'm, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I was born in 1961. Um, I, I saw the first lunar landing uh, at age seven, uh, July okay, uh, I'm
1: going to stop you right there. I was born in 64, so thank you very much. Yeah, you're a whole three years older than me. A lot older. You're right, a lot older. But but go okay. ahead, go ahead.
2: All right, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, yeah, every kid on the block uh, wanted to become an astronaut. Uh, but uh, I just never grew out of it, and um, I just thought it would be the most exciting thing in the world to, to be able to explore, to, to uh, you know, be on the cutting edge of, of exploration and to invent new technologies and things like that. Yeah, there's a cool picture of me, age uh, five, <laughs> my model rocket.
1: Yeah. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. So you wanna, you, it, you never grew out of it, you said?
2: No, I never did. I, you know, I had model rockets and posters on the wall and, and, uh, but I, I didn't talk about it, you know, going through, uh, you know, college and, and med school, you know, it kind of kept my ambition to myself knowing that it was mm-hmm. a long shot, but I, I guess one of the, the best lo- lessons I learned in my life, my early life was, uh, through the Boy Scouts of all things. But, uh, you know, I think if you have far away lofty goals that, uh, are going to be tough to achieve, if you can break it down into manageable, uh, achievable successes along the way, you don't get discouraged. Right. And so, uh, in the Girl Scouts, they call—I think it's called the Gold Badge—and in, in Boy Scouts, it's the Eagle Scout Award. And it's a lot of work, and it takes mm-hmm. several years. And so, for me, I just decided, well, I'm going to focus on getting the next merit badge and the next one and the next one. And uh, I, I didn't let myself get discouraged about how far away the goal of becoming an, uh, an Eagle Scout was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that, that model of success by being resilient and, and uh, being able to visualize uh, successes along the pathway to my ultimate goal, I've been able to replicate that many, many times, going to the top of Mount Everest, for example, mm-hmm. uh, becoming a, a tech startup uh, CEO. Um, it, it's just a very, um, it's been very helpful in my life.
1: All right. And so uh, throughout the show, what I normally do is just talk about some of the business principles based on anything that you say. So you you mentioned, you know, the resilience and you mentioned being able to visualize your goal and just and stay with in your mind what it was that you want it to be and not not giving up on that. So um, in your book, you mentioned uh, something about there was an interview that you were on and you didn't necessarily want to say what you wanted to be because you thought that they would have something to say about it. Can you, can you mention something about that? You kind of reminded me of that when you, when you just mentioned your goal.
2: Yeah. So I was in, uh, interviewing for an internship, a, a highly coveted internship at, at Harvard medical school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the director of the program asked me, you know, well, what, where are you going to be in, uh, you know, 10 years from now, what, you know, what, yeah.
1: what's
2: your, your, your life ambition. And I thought, well, I can't really tell him what I, I really want to do because they will think I'm I'm nuts. You know that's you know that that's a an impossible uh, unattainable goal, and uh, you know so he's a very colorful, friendly uh, guy, but a mm-hmm. revered um, leader in medicine. His name is Dr. Marshall Wolf, and and so I, I told him, well, I, I can't really tell you because if I tell you, you won't accept me, and uh, he quit back. Well, you know if you don't tell me, I'm I'm for sure not gonna. Except you say, so you might as well just tell me, and <laughs> and uh, so I did, and I told me, yeah, I, I want to fly in space. I want to become a physician astronaut, mm-hmm. and uh, so well, that's that's a fantastic thing. You know, uh, we we support you, and and, uh, and of course they they thankfully accepted me into the program as well.
1: Wow. Uh, so what do you, what do you think the how could you sum that up related to an actual principle of of life?
2: Well, I think believing in yourself, um, uh, you know, having confidence to uh, pursue your goals. Um, some some goals uh, you know, may not be achieved. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I've had other examples in my life where I've set out to do something. It, it didn't quite pan out the way I had initially planned. But mm-hmm. uh, by, by setting lofty goals, oftentimes through the connections you make, the opportunities that you you uh, find along the way other great things happen. So, um, another example, I, I, uh, was involved in a, I was, I'm an athlete and, uh, was recruited to try out the sport called luge. It's a winter Olympic sports, a crazy sport where you, you go at breakneck speeds down these ice drops, right. uh, uh, around the world. And, uh, and so I, uh, I pursued this for about three years while I was going to medical school. I, I would take off half of the year and and uh, and uh, and compete, and then come back and and do clinical clerkships during the summer months. Um, didn't mm-hmm. quite make out, make it to the U.S. Olympic team, but uh, the silver lining for me was that I was asked then to serve as a as a coach for uh, a, a friend who was going to be representing the Philippines, and so. I didn't get a chance to to, to compete for the U.S. I still got a chance to go to the Olympics and uh, participate, and it It was one of the the most wonderful experiences of my life. So even though one door may close, as long as you're continuing to stretch yourself, other doors Mm -hmm. will likely open. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like what you said at the very beginning of the book. Uh, Everything is possible until proven impossible, and then you just need to be more creative. Right on. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So whether that is in in creating or, or inventing um, a product, or just even in in, in your life, um, or even when you're just driving down the road, right? If there's if there's traffic, uh, you need to go a different way, and then maybe you have to even go a different way. I know one time maybe 120 seconds before the show was supposed to start trying to get to the studio um, because I had to find all these different ways to try to get around a number of accidents that happened that morning. So I had to be pretty creative that morning to... to To Create
2: opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Okay, so... Uh, as I mentioned, there's a number of questions on Facebook. We're going to go over a a few of the questions before we go on break. And then when we get back, um, we're going to talk uh, more about the moon and then move into, I I guess I'm weaving back and forth between the book and and that whole astronaut thing. Hopefully that's okay. So um, another question had to do with uh, what was the training that you had to go through? Like how long of a training was that? And then The training to get there as well as when you got back, was there uh, things that you had to go through as far as examinations or physical therapy or anything when you got back? So the before and the after.
2: Sure. Well, training to fly in space is, you know, it's a multi-year process uh, as a professional NASA astronaut, although in the future, you think about Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin and SpaceX, they'll be taking uh, tourists up into space uh, f- for an amazing experience, but you won't mm-hmm. need to commit that kind of time to it, of course, but to, uh, to, to, uh, okay. to travel to space uh, um, on the space shuttle uh, took about uh, a year of basic training to, to learn all the systems, uh, you know, operating mm-hmm. the, the space shuttle, the, the robotic arm, learning how to spacewalk. Um, and then for your, your unique mission, uh, between a year and two years, getting ready to fly that uh, shuttle flight. So whether it's the science that we'd be doing on board, the spa- detailed spacewalking procedures, um, you know, the assembly of the International Space Station, we have to train specifically for those tasks. So about about two years uh, uh, to yeah. get ready for flight. Mm-hmm. And when we would get back from a shuttle flight, uh, typically uh, the first few days you you were getting used to gravity again. So the, the body had to kind of readjust to the, the carrying your own body weight around, getting your gyros your inner ear, uh, you know, stable back on planet Earth. For the the long-duration astronauts, you know, like my friend Scott Kelly, who spent 340 days off of the planet, it can be, you know, many months, actually, of of physical and occupational therapy. Readjust to the the carrying your own body weight around, getting your Mm -hmm. gyros, your inner ear. Uh, For the long-duration astronauts, it can take several uh, weeks to months to kind of get your full strength back, your your balance. Um, and your flexibility
1: so. mm-hmm. several months yes yeah. okay um so yeah that, that's really interesting um because just for people to even understand how the how gravity just affects you on a daily basis and then when when you're floating in space and have to come back your muscles react differently now how how long um, how long were you there at any, any given point? I think in, you mentioned something about being there for like over eight weeks or something in your, in your bio, but...
2: That's right. Yeah, so most of uh, the shuttle flights are about two weeks in length. So two weeks. Um, all told, I uh, have about two months of, of accumulated time uh, in space and mm-hmm. uh, about 48 hours of spacewalking time, which is really the, the coolest job in the universe, getting a chance to go out on your, in your own personal spaceship out, outside the spacecraft. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. And another question had to do with the food. So I guess you were gone for just a couple of weeks and I didn't, you can miss food uh, on earth in that time, but was there any food that was just simply delicious or, or different than what you thought it would be uh, up there?
2: Yeah. So it, we use a lot of the military's MREs, meals ready to eat. So you know, a lot of <laughs> uh, um Thermal stabilized food, but then also a lot of camping food, so uh, freeze dried food that we would uh, use the, the space shuttle's excess water to rehydrate, and and so it's actually pretty tasty stuff. Uh, um, but we, we can't take certain things with us, like bread. Actually, creates lots of uh, um, uh, crumbs that get in the in the air and and get in your eyes and things of that nature. So you have to be really careful what the types of food you take with you. Um, I guess the the thing that we really crave uh the most are uh you know comfort foods when we get back to earth so um you know spicy uh you know Chinese or Indian food is yeah. stuff that I love when I f- I first get back from a flight.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: Indian food is is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I've been uh been over in Bangalore uh, probably four or five times for uh my job. I'm actually one of the other things I do the main thing I do is Device and uh, genetic research um, consultant, regulatory, quality regulatory consultant. So I've been all over the world doing that and um, just really, really, really love the Indian food.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too.
1: So, um, okay, so the food was one thing, and then this is the last question before break, uh, is about the water, the recycled <laughs> <urine>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the the astronaut joke is yesterday's coffee becomes tomorrow's coffee. So uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, you can recycle um, um, urine from the waste containment system and actually make it pure, more more pure than what you have out of the faucet at home.
1: Wow! Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it's it's really extraordinary how you can um, you know, purify you know, from that environment. And we're we're trying to be as green as we can to kind of you know recycle all the. Uh, um, the things that are recyclable to have a
3: mm-hmm. as
2: close to a closed environmental uh, life support system as possible.
1: Yeah. So one of the questions was from a young man named Jordan Davis, and so he was wondering: Is everyone's um, urine put together and it, and it's recycled, or do you, is it just yours? Or oh no, entire ship. Yeah, got to Got a share. You got to share. So, Jordan Davis, there you have it. Jordan out of Arizona. It's, it's shared resources yep. when it comes to the recycled water, quote unquote. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sure he's cracking up right now.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so we'll go on break. Now, what we do, Scott, is we, um, Dr. Perazinski, I should be calling you, Dr. Dr. Scott, Dr. Scott. <laughs> uh Is we go on break from Voice America. Uh, They play commercials, but we don't go on break from Facebook Live. So Facebook Live folks, uh, they get uh, a few more tidbits from us. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll go on break and we will be back in just one moment.
3: Join us, sponsor us, provide internships for us. Echelon Leadership Institute open enrollment starts in January for our summer leadership and business boot camp. Students ages 7 to 12 can enroll in Echelon Junior, ages 13 to 21 in Echelon Core. Get enrolled and gain the edge you need to succeed. Echelon Leadership Institute. Join us this summer because mediocrity is not an option. Go to G3QARA.com or call 480-227-9743 today.
0: Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, aka community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon. Mentor a youth or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal at your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com.
3: Stop wasting your time on things that don't matter. Let's get to work and turn your dreams into reality. Adults, teens, people of all ages. If you are a speaker, entrepreneur, inventor, or author, contact Crystal Richardson today to get your business started, get your invention developed and launched, get your book written, and more. Crystal and the Build That Biz team are ready to catapult your ideas from dreams to reality. Call 480-227-9743. Get ready to soar. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Soaring with Eagles. We are definitely soaring today. We are with Dr. Scott Parasinski. And uh, he uh, was a NASA astronaut and um, has done a lot of things in his life, uh, not just being an astronaut. I mean, everybody can be an astronaut, right? No. I'm- (laughs) it's just one of those things that that you know you just go off and become an astronaut but um but I'm really interested in sharing with you uh, and having him share with you some of the other things that he's done and is doing currently with his businesses but before I get back into that I want to explain what I have on I have on a a, uh, an outfit from Africa and I've been there a number of times related to missions trips and things that we've done and one of the things that we do this is our third summer of having Echelon Leadership Institute. And it is a, um, a leadership business academy for youth ages seven to 21. And I'm very happy to say that this morning, um, which is why I'm wearing this to represent, uh, this morning we've um, just made negotiations with uh, a school in uh, Ghana, as well as in Uganda, who are going to be doing the classes online and via DVD this summer and and joining us. So very happy to announce that we have uh, two places in Africa that will be joining us for our Leadership Academy this summer. So-
2: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I'm clapping for them and and for us. So very happy to announce that. All right, so uh, Dr. Scott, we were talking a little bit about urine and we were talking about food and and just your whole preparation process and what you do when you come back. Uh, Some other questions had to deal with, um, you know, your inspiration. So if you were to be able to just give like a very brief inspirational speech, like an elevator speech to youth and entrepreneurs today, um, what, what would that be as far as, um, what inspired you when you were younger and maybe some of the support systems you've had and uh, how you can use whatever kind of family you're in to go ahead and reach your goals? What would that little inspirational speech be?
2: Uh, that, that's so important. It's so important to have uh, role models and to have a support network. I think that's really at the core. And so I was very, very lucky to have parents who uh, supported me, even with my uh, you know, craziest ideas, uh, you know, yeah, becoming an astronaut uh, sounds cool, but you know, uh, parents do uh, wait and worry. You know, so I, think right. they probably wished I did something maybe a little bit more grounded. But uh, but they never discouraged me. Um, they never told me anything was impossible.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's uh, so one of the things that I've I, I would suggest to to people pursuing entrepreneurship or or other lofty goals is if um, if people around you aren't supporting you. Um, they're probably not the kind of folk that you want to uh, uh, hang out with you know, find find people who are going to, to lift you up who are going to be there to support you when uh, when you need and uh, the folks that you're you're gonna also reciprocate and, and be there to support them you want to create a you know tribe of folks that um, are you going to be mutually supportive and um, and help you um, help you grow and, and so for me um, I, I know my strengths, I have a pretty good sense of my strengths, but also my weaknesses. I think it's really important you understand that mm-hmm. and also kind of create a, a, a multidisciplinary team around you that, uh, that bolsters your weaknesses. And, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm all about the team, uh, you know, building uh, multidimensional, you know, um, multidisciplinary teams Mm-hmm. People that don't uh, look like me, don't think like me, don't come from the same background because when, right. when you do that, you get you know, much better innovation,
3: mm-hmm.
2: better success. That's
1: excellent. That's excellent. Um, because it, it does have to do with who you have around you. Uh, some people, you can get to a point where you have a mindset where you don't care what people think, You know, even if you do have negativity uh, in, in your life. Uh, but surrounding yourself with people who are able to motivate you and bring you up to a different level. And then you can do the same for other people. What we do talk about a lot are our give back models here. You know, we do talk about what people have done to, to soar in their industry or even the millionaire billionaire mindset. Um, but it's to have that so that you can, make the money to be able to, to do what you want to do in life, plus have give back models. It's all about, you know, what can we do for others? And uh, one of the quotes you have here is only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can go. Um, and that was T.S. Eliot uh, in the beginning of chapter four. And so risk Risk is, is a big, big word. So what, what's one of the most risky things that you've done? Because you seem to have like this no fear mentality. Oh, yeah, I, I climbed this mountain. Oh, yeah, I'm out on the end of this, uh, you know, fixing this satellite. Oh, yeah, you know, just as if it was just walking a dog. So
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I don't even know if you can tell me what the most risky thing is, but go ahead and try.
2: Well, yeah, no, um, uh, I'm not uh, uh, averse to. Managing risk, I'm not uh, like a daredevil or a risk taker. I I always, uh, if I'm going to challenge myself, I will uh, study, you know, religiously as as broadly as I can to understand the perils that are out there and try and mitigate every risk that I possibly can. So Mm -hmm. when I did uh, the solar array repair on STS-120, my final mission in space, I was very, very well trained, even though we had never done anything like this ever before. I understood okay. where the hazards were, and if the things were not looking safe, uh, we would back away and uh, come come back another day with a, a plan B or a plan C. But um, okay. staying there, um, just yesterday, uh, I was at a, a fundraiser event for my daughter's uh, special needs school called Avondale House here in Houston, and uh, um, you know, I I think the, the most terrifying thing for me would uh, be to, to sing in public. And um, my daughter got out there and she sang in front of 350 people solo without wow. any music. And it was just one of the most amazing, beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, my daughter is, is braver than me. Uh, <laughs> she's able to, to manage risk that I, I couldn't even possibly imagine.
1: Well, I'm sure she got some of your genes, so it's you're in there somewhere, Scott. You're in there. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that that's interesting. Interesting perspective. And a lot of times, people do go back to to life and and family as opposed to it being something that they've done in their career, because um, for a lot of us, it, even even those portions seem second nature because you know that that's how we're wired is to to look at risk. And so one of the things that you mentioned was you understood hazards uh, when when you were out there. So uh, just as another point in business, you need to do your homework. You need to do your research so that you can understand um, the various aspects of what you're going into. And if there are any hazards, one of the things that we do is, you know, SWOT analysis, strength yep. weakness you know, opportunities and threats. And so that's one of the things we teach in our um, business uh, camp in the summer, um, is how to apply that throughout life, not just when you're doing a market analysis or anything like that. And so right. thank you for saying that. You understood the hazards. Okay, so we have another question from Natasha Pub... Okay, I'm so sorry, Natasha. Natasha Pobsek Pub- and maybe I said it right, I'm not sure, but she said, how did being in space change your perspective?
2: My goodness. Thanks for the question, Natasha. Um, It's, it's a profound human life experience and you're seeing the planet from a a perspective that uh, is almost uh, like a a dream state. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, you're looking down on all of humanity. Every single person uh, who's ever lived, lived down there on Mm -hmm. planet earth. and, And you see, Basically, a confluence of of humanity. It's it, the globe is not uh, um, you know, spinning on a post and and lines that depict boundaries and dots that depict cities, but just a a confluence of humanity and nature. And um, it's it's overwhelmingly beautiful. Your your eyes, of course, look at the star fields beyond, and you can see trillions and trillions of stars. But mm-hmm. your eyes are always you know gravitationally pulled back almost to uh, to Earth, and uh, the brilliant blue beneath you and uh, the fragility, of the, the the thin atmosphere that separates us from the vacuum of space, mm-hmm. is uh is it it's just a, a fragile beauty, and I think everyone who comes back from space uh, at some level is uh, uh, an environmentalist. You know, you, you, you want to come back and and do everything you can to uh, preserve and protect uh, our beautiful planet. It's very unique right. in, in the universe.
1: Wow, wow, that's excellent. And um, I hate to even spend any time on my show talking about this, but there is that whole movement of the earth being flat. Uh, Uh, Even currently, this is 2019 and there's still that whole movement. So what do you have to say to those people?
2: (laughs) Well, it's, it's one of the problems I think we have with uh, the science literacy and, and, uh, and also just the ability for um, people to put something on the web. And it, you know, if, if you have uh, something on the web there's somebody's going to find that material and uh, treat it as if it were fact and so the ability to sift through fact and fiction is becoming harder and harder and uh, it's really concerning and especially when we have political leaders who who are trying to shape science to support their um, their political ambitions mm-hmm. you know, climate science is that it's there's science there it's not climate change is real and and uh, humanity is an impact and on, on whether uh, you it's convenient or you want to uh, want to think another way science is science and we we need to address it so I, I think it's really dangerous um, uh, that we have have the ability to to post material that, that some people will take as as gospel truth and
3: um, mm-hmm.
2: so that that's that would be my reaction to that, it, you know, I, I can also tell you not only from space, but you know, in an airplane and and uh, and from the top of Mount Everest, you can see that the Earth is is round. So there's really no no ambiguity about that. But uh, it, it's it's kind of me in this day and age that that there are still some people that kind of harbor that that crazy thought
1: yeah so that's all the time that we're going to spend on that particular <laughs> it's just It's just really interesting okay so um there's another question here and and that question um, about the earth being flat was from brian Felix so thank you brian for for that question uh, there's another question here uh, from Jordan. He was so excited he has like a whole list of questions um, we We talked about um the exercises and things that, that you had to do. So uh, he said, if you did have an opportunity to to go back, uh, would you go back?
2: I would love to. Um, in fact, you know, I, I I would go on a heartbeat if I if I could. But uh, when I when I left NASA, we had just hired some new, uh, a, you know, astronauts uh, uh, to kind of support the next phase of exploration and. I already had five wonderful space shuttle flights, and it was time for me to hang up my spacesuit and make make way for the new guys and girls. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But you know, I, I think it's an, we live in an exciting time. So the, you know, there are companies like uh, Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin and SpaceX who'll be taking many more people up into space in the not too distant future. And so there may be a chance I'll get a chance to go back mm-hmm. uh, one day. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take my family with me, especially.
1: Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jordan also asked, when you were on the launch pad, so your very, very first time, did you feel like your life was at stake or did you have total confidence in everything that was around you and and all of your training and, and all of the people who had to go into, you know, making that launch possible? Did you have total confidence or did you have just a slight thought that, oh my gosh, my life is at stake?
2: Well, it's a great question. And um, I'd be lying to you if I if I told you that I didn't have a lot of butterflies, but um, quite honestly, you have to have you know, faith in your team. It's the, uh, not just your crewmates and, and not just the flight controllers, uh, but uh, the people that turned the wrenches uh, that that assembled and inspected the space shuttle and, and uh, prepared it for flight. And so mm-hmm. um, we know that everyone who worked on our space shuttle had done their very, very best to make it as safe as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, they considered, that mission, uh, their mission as well. You know, they were they were on board with us, and uh, so it, it wasn't without risk, of course. We, we did lose two space right. shuttles over the, the life of the space shuttle program. So it was a, mm-hmm. quite a high-risk endeavor, but um, but we had a lot of faith in, in our team, and uh, we also felt that the, the benefits of the work that we are doing outweighed those risks.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, do you have any idea of the number of people, how many hundreds of people are involved in making a launch happen?
2: Oh, thousands. Uh, gosh, uh, you know, it's, it's an enormous workforce. Uh, mm-hmm. People uh, at the Kennedy Space Center where the launch facilities are located, the Johnson Space Center where mission operations and the flight crew train.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and then, then other research centers around the country, universities and laboratories uh, around the world. So literally, for every mission, um, we we had uh, you know thousands of people supporting us.
1: Wow. And, and yeah, I do. Um, like I said, I've been doing manufacturing, medical devices, genetic research, and a number of things for a number of years. And so when you look at all of what you're talking about, there's the suppliers of even the bolts and the screws and then where, where they got whatever materials they needed from. And so when you put all of the suppliers and all of the contractors and, like you're saying, the actual scientists and engineers and all that together, it, it's thousands of people.
2: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, anything as complex as uh, you know, flying in space, uh, um, it it takes uh, it takes an army of of you know, people you know, pulling all in the same direction. So mm-hmm.
1: uh, now I don't.
2: It's I don't, failure is not uh, you know it, it's sort of a cliche, but uh, it's said a lot. But failure is not an option. Everyone's got to be doing their very very failure. best.
1: To safe. Right, failure is not an option, and what I say in my business camp is mediocrity is not an option. It's not. Uh, Everybody has something that they can be excellent at, and that's what we try to do is draw that out of our students. So mediocrity is not not an option. Now, before we go on break, I want to try to show this picture, um, this crazy, crazy picture. This is uh, you at the end of this 90-foot robotic boom. Um, And It says, Scott approaches the damaged panel. So let's see if I can get this close enough for the people on Facebook to see. I'm sorry, Soaring with Eagles, you can't see it, but it's this bottom picture right here. So um, do you want to explain what you're doing?
2: Yeah, no, so I'm, I'm on the end of a 90-foot-long robotic boom out there in the, the lower right, and it's about a 45-minute uh, one-way commute to work uh, to go uh, stitch together a damaged solar panel that had been ripped apart. Uh, actually, as a result of space debris, there's a lot of... Uh, space junk out there, and uh, it actually um, damaged one of the guide wires that uh, um, led to this this failure. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty extraordinary to be out at the very tip of the space station further than we'd ever gone before from the safety of our airlock. And, uh, and uh, the views were incredible, though, just a, a God's eye view. No doubt about it. So how did
1: you get picked for that? Did you guys, you know, draw straws or, or what happened?
2: <laughs> well, no, I was the lead spacewalker on the mission. Uh, and thankfully I, I was because I was, I was the tallest on the mission as well. I'm about six, three, and I needed mm-hmm. every bit of my height to, to reach the damage site. It was out at the very tip, you know, of, of my reach as well. So I wow. stretched quite a bit that day. <laughs>
1: Uh, and before we go on break, um, can you just talk about the space debris? Now we we see that and we we know that from from you know watching those, yeah. the this. What did you say? Armageddon or Gravity? <laughs> the movies. Yeah, gravity. yeah, yeah. But while you were out there, something could have come by too, right?
2: Absolutely. Uh, thankfully, it, it's a relatively uh, relatively rare occurrence, but there there are damages to every space shuttle when we come back from space we would see mm-hmm. t- piles and uh, there's damage to the international space station that we've seen out there so um it would be a very bad day if, if we were hit by space debris you know traveling at tens of thousands of miles an hour it would rip through a suit and be game right. over so mm-hmm. but uh, yeah there, there are about 22,000 pieces of uh, debris that are tracked by the U.S. Air Force by radars but uh that's two two inches in size or, or greater um But there are probably you know millions of pieces of you know tiny little washers, flecks of paint that are traveling at thousands of miles an hour as well, and they could actually be every bit as lethal to a spacewalker. So
1: uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you. You mentioned something. You mentioned something about them being tracked, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. Like you're out there repairing this, but is it that you already knew that there was nothing that was going to come during that time because of the tracking systems?
2: Yeah. So if if uh, the Air Force tells us that there might be a conjunction, a piece of debris uh, intersecting the orbit of the International Space Station or shuttle, we would uh, reboost the space station, get out of the way, and um, and then continue our work. But mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, uh, that that never happened during an active spacewalk.
1: Oh. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we really appreciate you being on the show. We have one last segment just here, another few minutes, okay. and we're just going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk more about your uh, fluidity uh, technologies company and um, the controllers that you do and maybe even some things that you have coming up in the future. And also what we do is a thing called Pi. So, all while you were talking, I was writing notes, you may have have seen that, and so what we do is I say one word um, based on things that we've talked about, uh, and then you say one word back. It's called quick fire. Some people are not so quick on their responses. (laughs) It's, It's called quick fire, and then we have a little discussion about your answers, and then we end the show. Does that sound okay? Sure. Okay, great. All right, we will be back in just a few moments on Soaring with Eagles.
3: Stop wasting your time on things that don't matter. Let's get to work and turn your dreams into reality. Adults, teens, people of all ages. If you are a speaker, entrepreneur, inventor, or author, contact Crystal Richardson today to get your business started, get your invention developed and launched, get your book written, and more. Crystal and the Build That Biz team are ready to catapult your ideas from dreams to reality. Call 480-227-9743. Get ready to soar.
0: Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, a.k.a. community and corporate partners, in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon. Mentor a youth or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal. At your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com.
3: Join us, sponsor us, provide internships for us. Echelon Leadership Institute open enrollment starts in January for our summer leadership and business boot camp. Students ages 7 to 12 can enroll in Echelon Junior, ages 13 to 21 in Echelon Core. Get enrolled and gain the edge you need to succeed. Echelon Leadership Institute. Join us this summer because mediocrity is not an option. Go to G3QARA.com or call 480-227-9743 today. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our last segment of Soaring with Eagles with Dr. Scott Peruzzynski. And we're so happy to have him on today. Uh, we've been having some pretty good conversations about uh, his his explorations uh, on the moon, and even related to his book. I'll just hold that up one more time. The sky below. There's not too many people that can say the sky below. You obviously have to be an, an astronaut to uh, to have that title on your book. I thought that was a really cool title, by the way. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much. Yeah. No. Um, it, it's a cool perspective you know I've had it you know as an astronaut in low Earth orbit uh, and also from the top of Mount Everest you know looking down uh, from that vantage point it's 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 a profound life experience for sure
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow so Brenda uh, Gary uh, asked questions about perspective so when you're when you are transitioning from being an astronaut to being a business owner um can you talk a little bit about what the mindset mindset shift would be uh, or challenges or maybe even support
2: well that's a great question from brenda um, I use this the same sort of uh, uh, focus on uh, professionalism and preparation uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and risk management that I used in the space program for you know, building a a company um, and so really understanding the uh, the, the market the uh, the customer needs the uh the challenges that uh you know our, our customers as, as drone pilots you know in our first market segment that we're working on um it it really you know trends translated very very well um you, you can't go into space without really understanding that environment same thing for you know building a business you've got to understand uh mm-hmm. the, the challenges that your your customers face and um and add value to them, and so uh, that's what I've done. I've, I've, you know, really studied the drone marketplace, and uh, and we've created something that's really revolutionary for uh, for our pilots. Uh, but ultimately, that same technology will help uh, robotic surgeons and uh, computer gamers and uh, augmented reality, uh, you know, users, and, and many other fields. So pretty exciting.
1: So you you have a technology roadmap that goes out two, three, five years, 10 years?
2: Uh, We have a uh, roadmap of five years at at Mm -hmm. least. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, right now as a a young startup, we're really focused on the the drone marketplace and knocking that out of the park, but our successes there will help us seed these other applications and other, other, other verticals.
1: Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. So offline, I'll talk to you about your failure modes effects analysis. Okay, Scott.
2: I'm all into FMEA. You got (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so how long have you had this company? And just Uh, just go ahead and just give like a little spiel about about the company.
2: So I I invented the technology back around 2012, but uh, it was just sitting on my IP, my patent was uh, sitting on a tech transfer website, and nothing was really happening with it. And I realized. Unless I took the bull by the horns and and built a company around it, it would probably just languish there forever. And Mm -hmm. so in early 2016, I founded the company, seeded it, uh, brought on some early investors, uh, built the the first functional prototypes, and and then continued to grow my team. I grew the IP portfolio, uh, brought on more investment in the form of a Series A, and now we're at the point of um, of product release. So we've uh, built our... Injection molding tooling. We've got uh, circuit boards being assembled, and uh, and uh, we're we're about ready to uh, to ship our first product. So it's it's a very exciting time for the company.
1: Wow, wow. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. This is a very very busy time for you, yeah. I am certain, because of all of the different companies I work with. So so thank you for, for taking out a few yeah. moments to be with us. So uh, you're you're about to ship your first products now. Is that here in the United States? Is it um, worldwide? Yes.
2: We're, we're shipping domestically to begin with. We'll have uh, um, countries that accept CE mark. Uh, we'll ship to those countries in probably two to three months time after our first domestic shipments. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, our initial shipments will be here in the U S. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Excellent. Uh, and how many, how many people are at your company? So uh, we
2: have five uh, employees currently. Uh, and then my engineering uh Support is uh, outsourced as of as of right now. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I'll be bringing on board, uh, you know, some additional engineering support and uh, some additional kind of uh, you know marketing uh, personnel. But uh, have a, a wonderful team of really dedicated uh, you know uh, leaders. I've got a, a CFO. I've got a, a vice president of marketing, and then a, a director of uh, manufacturing primarily right now.
1: Cool, cool. Well, we wish you the best uh, with that company and and all of your endeavors. We're going to jump right into our uh, quick fire before we close. Uh, We're just before close. So here we go. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. First one is drone. Precision. (laughs) It's quick fire. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I know. Moon. Moon. Mars. Rocket. Spaceship two. Resilience, tenacity, team, success, love, family, vision, future, earth, universe, technology, future.
2: <laughs> Recycle that.
1: <laughs> okay, and optimist. Me. Excellent. Excellent. So some of these, I was spot on. Some of these I had a preconceived idea of what you would say. um, Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, You talked about about your family uh, and, and, um, you know, about your daughter and everything. And so I, I, I thought that you would say family for love and vision, future. Okay. Team success. That's great. Optimist. Yes, you're an optimist. And you, to me, you, I consider you just a guy of like no fear because you're just, you just say things so nonchalantly as if, you know, everybody goes out and does the things that you do. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, drone, you said precision. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for, for, and especially in the context of my company, what we, uh, what we allow is for, uh, precision use of these, you know, sophisticated devices. And so mm-hmm. we think that we're unlocking, uh, precision flight in dynamic, unscripted environments. So that's why I'm so excited about, you know, my, my company, Fluidity Technologies, is the precision that we allow.
1: Right, right. It sounds really great. sounds great. Uh, so you said Mars when I said Moon. Yeah. So, uh,
2: you know, we we envision sending astronauts back to the Moon in the next uh, several years. And, and that's a stepping stone for eventually getting what I think is human ultimate human destiny to get human explorers to Mars. And so Mm -hmm. I hope that, I hope that uh, there will be funding available because I I do think that there's so much yet to be learned um, on the moon and also eventually on Mars. And uh, I would hope that we would actually colonize Mars, that we would be able to extend human presence uh, beyond our,
1: our presence here on earth.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Excellent. Um, Optimist. In closing, what kind of optimistic philosophy can you tell our listeners today?
2: Well, I I think it's an exciting time to be alive, um, especially uh, for those of us involved in technology. There's so many things we can do with with advancing technologies, um, with the the smart and judicious use of uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, new materials, uh, with access to, to data around the world even in you know, the most remote parts of the world, you can you can get uh, um, internet access now. And so to be able to teleoperate uh, surgical robotics, for example, to save lives, uh, I think that's so exciting to be able to have the same quality of life here in the United States uh, uh, to, to deliver that in, in remote, faraway places. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm very excited about um, what technology has to offer society. Obviously, um, you know, there are certain things in in the political realm that you know give us all uh, reason for pause. Uh, but hopefully, we can we can work through the, the things that are happening in society now and, mm-hmm. and uh, get past that. But uh, but I, I I I always am uh, a glasses half to three quarters full kind of person, and I I think right. uh, you know, through technology and, and through working together, we're gonna we're gonna make the world a better place.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, I think you're a great guy. Uh, and, um, the first astronaut I've ever met. So was really happy to, to meet you. Uh, Likewise, yeah.
2: <laughs> thank you so much. It was great to meet you at secret knock and really fun to be part of your, your
1: show here today. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I will be calling you about those FMEAs. So All right. Deal. <laughs> I'm totally serious. <laughs> All right. Take care. That is our show today. And, uh, we hope everyone enjoyed it and got some great business tips and just life life journey tips. Thank you, Scott.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world.